Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Episode 43 of the Meat and Potatoes podcast. And another week of Flyers hockey where the results don't match what everybody on Twitter wants. Joe <laughs> Doyle, how you guys doing? Welcome to this fine Sunday morning before the torrential storm of the century. Yeah, that really put a damper on my day here. Just got to make sure the basement doesn't flood, you know, because <laughs> it's either going to rain or nothing's going to happen like last weekend. I'm doing good. Um, I don't have a basement, so I don't have to worry about that. And Classic. the Flyers are making it rain when it comes to the wind column. So start calling, you, start calling you Joey No Basements. Yes. <laughs> basements. Fucking hey, Gabagool. But uh, the Flyers are hot off of a, what is that? Uh, let's do the math here. A five-point week, right? Five out of a possible six points. Oh, no. What are they doing? They're never going to pick third in the draft now. This is ridiculous, right? <laughs> oh, They're I'm currently s- second in the Metropolitan Division. Oh, I'm so mad. They did show the Metropolitan Division standings during uh, the Saturday night game against the Red Wings. And it was like the Rangers are clear like clear of the other teams. And then like two through six are all like one or two points apart. Yeah. Except for the Penguins, who apparently got their dick stomped on last night. Joe, more on that. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a whomping, um, as some in the sporting community would say. Uh, Rubbing, if you will. Yes, yes, seven nothing in favor of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the Penguins, I believe, are now second to last in the Met, behind the or in front of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Boy, the Flyers didn't even lose that bad to the worst uh, team in the league at the time, the Sharks. So I guess after 15 years of Metropolitan supremacy and multiple Stanley Cups, the Penguins' window is finally closed for now. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't happen to a better group of guys. But you know who else? that Sharks game, Jeff, real quick before we transition, the Flyers are the best team in the NHL since that Sharks loss. They have 35 points since then. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's not true. I made that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> also, speaking of the Sharks, Joe, I know you love goal differential. What do you think their goal differential is right now? Um, Doyle, I would love to guess this and hit it right on the head, but unfortunately, I already looked. <laughs> goal differential is one of my favorite stats in the game. And I know that they are, in fact, currently sitting at a minus 54 goal differential. That's not good. That's not even halfway through the season. I looked at some of the advanced uh, charts for that, and they're all blue. So I think that means it's bad, right? Uh, I would believe so. Well. I think that means they're cold. Yeah. Those are a group of guys who are trying. There was also a group of guys doing guy things because the Flyers wrapped up their dad trip uh, against the Predators and then the Doyle. What would you call them? Oh. Hey, uh, capitals. More like crap. Capitals. So (laughs) the dads were in town. We can recap the games in a bit. Here's my conspiracy theory that wasn't a conspiracy theory because they released more news about it later but carter hart this is called josh carter soundboard no carter hart on the dad's trip mysteriously held out of a game with no explanation other than illness shades of Corey perry did carter hart fuck someone's dad yeah it turns out he didn't um he uh <laughs> what he did have is a chronic case of he's been Diarrhea poisoned. And, uh, well, uh, <laughs> well, Jeff, your conspiracy theory could still could still be uh, in the realm of possibility. Um, it's just you have to switch up the verbiage. Did one of the dads fuck Carter Hart? Because that would that would potentially lead to some uh, issues in the bathroom later. Morgan Frost's dad, famous announcer. Met Lou Nolan, also impressed by Carter Hart's butt. Allegedly. That's, that didn't happen. That's all made up. Um, yes. Yeah, so Carter Hart uh, 
my uh, our bold predictions i thought carter hart was gonna have a shutout all he had was a shit out because <laughs> he got a lot of poops um he uh had some undiagnosed illness that's finally been diagnosed. The team's been super quiet about what it actually is, but apparently he's on the road to recovery now, so maybe he'll play some more games. I feel like this also might answer the question we asked uh, almost every week is, God damn it, Carter Hart gets hurts a lot. What's wrong with him? Well, <clears throat> I saw that he had like a legitimate illness that's been going on for like over a month now that goes back to that conspiracy laden west coast trip where he had food poisoning yes the food poisoning was so i don't know if they tied it to that um but they believe that it's as a result of that yeah yeah because he was like well i don't know if i actually had food poisoning now yeah i said uh Just kind of something that has been going on for a little while, just kind of comes on and off periodically, finally got to the bottom of it and taking care of it, addressing and fixing the issue. Now, I feel like these quotes are shades of another Flyers injury quote where they had found the issue and resolved it, and then Ryan Ellis never played hockey again. (laughs) So it is a new medical staff. I will... Give them that. Maybe they're not lying this time, but maybe they are, and we'll never see Carter Hart play. The good news is Sam Erson, not terrible like he was in the beginning of the season. Yes, uh, just to comment uh, on the Carter Hart quotes and and what I believe to be the the issue um, afoot, uh, or I should say a gut, is potentially he's suffering from maybe some Crohn's disease. Um, yeah, maybe it wasn't foot poisoning or food poisoning, foot poisoning potentially too, but foot um, food, <laughs> food poisoning. Uh, the other uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe this incident wasn't uh, anything to do with an illness or food as well. It could be just uh, uh, Crohn's. I know a couple of people that suffer from that, and this kind of all aligns uh, to that. And there are obviously treatments for it. It's not like he has a degenerate like hip issue like Ellis. So. He could have IBS, which stands for irritating butt splatters. But, yeah, it could be Crohn's, too. The good news is they found it, I guess. Yeah. So they'll fix him, hopefully, and then he'll play. But maybe we should have traded him in the offseason when everybody thought he was going to get traded because if he's going to have a chronic medical issue, do you want to tie all your things to him? As a number one goalie, these are all questions we have to ask ourselves now, and all questions that much less qualified blogs will probably write articles about in the coming weeks. Mm. But the good news for us is we're overly Definitely qualified. not Joe, though. No. <laughs> no. I'm still working on mine. It'll it'll come eventually. Uh, it's, it's, it's a novella um, of a, of a blog so it's been taking a couple of years um, Joe's writing oh. a flyers manifesto yeah just just trust the process here people <laughs> speaking of speaking of trusting the process the flyers played the predators on december 12th they did lose in overtime but it's a game they should have lost but because they trusted this new system john tortorella has implemented and got some they help should have won that game Shut got up, some Jeff. Got some helps from the ref, I was going to say. On the Flyers' second goal, Konechny very clearly hampered a Predators player, and the refs were just like, nah, let it go, we're fine. Yeah, well, they called a a few questionable calls before that in favor of the Predators. So that was a wash. Yeah, and it was was another uh, game where the Flyers just got goalied. uh, Definitely. We had... 39 shots on net um, compared to, I believe, 22. Uh, yeah, the, the Flyers outshot oh. the Preds 40 to 21, and now their overall record when 40 plus shots in a game occurs, which is ridiculous, is 2 1 and 3. They're taking so many shots. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they also, <clears throat> I feel like whenever the Flyers get to overtime, like an overtime game, they just need to survive 60 seconds. If they can yeah. survive one-fifth of the overtime period, then they're pretty much a lock to win. <laughs> um, actually, I think that they're probably their win percentage after making it past the first minute of the overtime period is probably 100%. 
So uh, they just need to make it out of 60 seconds of that three-on-three, and they're golden. One of the things that irks me, and I think the NHL is looking at it, is like, I think the NBA has it too, where you can't go back past the middle line once you pass it. Like, that would make the overtimes so much better and quicker than having to watch some asshole stand behind their own net and wait for line changes to happen. That's the most annoying part of overtime for me. They're talking about that because... As we witnessed in the next game against the Capitals, uh, the whole overtime period, there was like, what, two rushes that the Flyers had, and then the Capitals had possession the whole time and were just taking it in the zone, then would pass it out of the zone, drop it all the way back into their zone, and then try and come back up again. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the red line is you can't go back across it. I think that would make overtimes better. Or just get rid of stupid shootouts and just give people a loser point. Just give you more points for a win than whatever. But in that Predators game, Sandheim scored. Uh, he tied Kim Janssen for ninth most goals by a Flyers defenseman. So it's a very fully thought out hypothesis you have there, Jeff. Thank you. I do my best. And uh, <laughs> Sam Merson continued his point streak in that Predators game, which was a precursor to the rest of the week because, you know, Hart got diarrhea poisoning. Now, going to the Capitals game, um, I feel like that game was... Alexander Ovechkin is bad. He's going through it right now. He's having a rough time. He does not look great. Yeah. They didn't even use they didn't use him in the shootout. He did nothing on the power plays. Like, what a fall from grace for Ovechkin. And people on Twitter were like, well, when superstars fall off, they really fall off. But like this is he's gotta have like a broken dick plate. Do you think he cares? I don't like, think he gives a shit. He's probably exhausted like, from all that military service he had to do in Russia. <laughs> he didn't have to do that. Oh, I don't know. I heard everybody was getting drafted, so I figured just he would be included because when Putin starts a war, it's a <sighs> yeah. No, it's a long way to go for tight, that sound. <laughs> tight with Putin. He's he's very much in the oligarch uh, family. So yes, he doesn't need to to do what the the petty people. Would are. you say that he's a general in the? I know. Yes. Listen, I took a long way to get there, but we're going to hang out there for a while. I'm going to use it at least twice. Um, so the Flyers, it looked good. There's a lot of goals. Another one of those games where the Flyers could have just rolled over and gave up, but didn't. Uh, forced it to overtime. Yeah, that was one that started off slow. Yeah, forced it to overtime. Like Doyle said, overtime was real fucking boring. Um, just a big waste of time until they got to that shootout. But then they got to that shootout, and holy shit, are the Flyers good at shootouts now? Very much so. Um, it seems that way, Jeffrey. Yeah. Flyers uh, tallied their third consecutive shootout win versus Washington to extend their streak against the Capitals two, three games. So that's a very meaningless stat. They could have just said they've won three straight against the Capitals. Um, but it, it seems like a lot of unnecessary information. The Flyers required overtime in five of their last nine games leading into this one and three consecutive games at home. And the Flyers are ranked second in the NHL with three shootout wins. So, I guess our weakness is finally a strength. It only took, was that 17 years? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Flyers haven't been good at shootouts in, like, my lifetime. Yeah, historically awful. It took 17 years to figure out shootouts. That's awesome. Yeah, the... um... And Sam Erson is like the shootout goalie. Yeah, he is. He does. He he holds very well. He doesn't bite on all too much. Um, I think there the two notes that I had on this shootout were Charlie uh, Lindgren um, tried to do his best impersonation of the flying poke check from. Uh, what game was that earlier this week uh, in the NHL? The Senators and the... Oh, yeah, the um, dude from the crotch, crotch um, chop or believe, whatever his name was. Yeah, I believe he did a little, like a mini flying poke check where he kind of came out after it was either TK or... Um, might have been... Yeah, I think it was TK. We're talking about... Uh, but then, ultimately, Bobby Brink has... That's Forrester. The, uh, it was Forrester? Okay. Um, Bobby Brink had 
probably the shootout goal of the year so far, in my opinion, uh, at least on the Flyers, with a, a nasty move and then ultimately the puck control to be able to just tap it in when he was basically behind the net almost at that point is um, phenomenal. So hands on Bobby. Happy birthday. Was it his birthday? The... I don't know. What? Was, was it his birthday? Yeah. Are you just saying? No, that? hands on Bobby. HB, happy birthday. Come uh, on, keep up. I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> you lost me, Joe. I yeah. workshopped. I, I try to workshop some things. Um, that's O for one for me. Career <laughs> lifetime for Jeff is like five and a thousand. So uh, my percentage is, is still up there. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's, still, it's still a close race. Uh, yeah, so well, the, the, I, the, the thing that I heard about Bobby Brink was that poke check thing was that apparently in practice, when they practice the shootout a lot, Sam Erson's been getting him with the poke check very frequently. So he was able <laughs> to kind of tell, see the tell and uh, maneuver around it. So Erson picked up his third shootout win of the season which ties him for first among NHL goaltenders in the league for shootout wins. And ties his... him for first in franchise history for shootout wins. No, well, yeah, probably. But his three shootout <laughs> wins rank tied for second in Flyers history for most shootout wins in a season uh, tied with Steve yeah. Mason. So it doesn't – if he has one more shootout win this year, he'll probably be in first place because I who would be above Steve Mason on the list of – I can't imagine they'd be much higher. Maybe Carter Hart. Unless it is Carter Hart, person. but like, yeah. I feel like Carter Hart didn't have a lot of luck in shootouts. So. He was like hit or miss. He'd either be like really good or really bad. Yeah, and when he was really good, it would go like 10, 12, 15 rounds, and we and would never lose. be able to help him out on the other Yeah. End. Oh, no, Steve Mason's number one. He had, uh, he had five wins, five shootout wins. Oh. That's a lot of shootout. Well, all right. So Steve Mason was good is what I'm gathering, and everyone hated him uh, unjustly. Oh, yeah, Steve well, Mason that... had like a two- or three-year period with the Flyers where he was very good. Steve's... Yeah. And then Brandon Manning destroyed it all by tipping a puck in the net. That son of a bitch. Well, that yeah, that just tanked their playoff chances one year. What? You son of a bitch. So you're feeling confident the way about that he stared at him when that <laughs> goal went off of his stick. You could tell that he just wanted to kill him in that moment. You're feeling well, confident about yeah. Sam Erson. Then you go into the Red Wings game. Sam Erson's not scheduled to play. Carter Hart, of course, his diarrhea poisoning. Uh, Erson steps in at the last minute, and you're like, well, Erson's out. Sanheim got the same diarrhea poisoning Carter Hart got, probably because they were both involved in that tryst i mentioned earlier you know allegedly and uh not only do the flyers win they get a one nothing shutout against the red wings i was not expecting that uh that was and a surprise the red wings are up and coming as well mm-hmm. yeah their records were similar so on paper it was probably a pretty even matchup but as soon as the flyers scored the betting lines changed immediately and they were like oh yeah detroit's gonna lose big time <laughs> what happened <laughs> Uh, the Red Wings coming into last night's game were four goals ahead of the Flyers in goal differential. Credit to the Flyers for um, chipping away at that stat. Um, What's that? I believe the Flyers are now, I think they remain where they are. Actually, they might have dropped because of the Toronto blowout and... I think the Panthers uh, put up a good number of points uh, the other day, too. So, um, Well, here's here's one for you, Joe. The Flyers at home this season are 8-6-1 and one, and have outscored their opponents 27-12 to 12 in the eight wins. Great. So there's your goal yeah. differential number of the, the, the podcast. And then Sam Erson picked up his second shutout this season in the third of his career. He is now the third fastest flyer to three shutouts behind Bob Freeze and Doug Favell. Yeah, and not on like a nothing burger of a game either. 33 saves. Um, they, The Red Wings had some really strong opportunities, and, and he ultimately just, just shut them down. 
Yeah, and as of last night, he's 7-3-2 and two in 12 games played this season, allowing three or less goals in 10 of those games. He ranks third among NHL goalies with at least seven starts since November 3rd in goals against with a 1.84 and fifth in safe percentage with a 9.30. So all of this is leading me to say Carter Hart could take his diarrhea and shove. <laughs> I think it's uh, fantastic that Urson is doing what he's doing, knowing that Carter Hart uh, continues to, to struggle with off ice issues or physical issues um, that keep him out of the net. But when he is not dealing with either of those two things and he is able to play, there's nothing like having two capable goalies in the I NHL. Know. When I was, know. When was the last time we had two capable, two capable goalies? Was it uh, Brian Elliott and Steve Mason? Well, back to a point I was about to make with Steve Mason is people forget he was in a Vezina. Uh, conversation back in the day i think it might have been 2010 or maybe a uh i think he won rookie of the year in columbus too yeah yeah he did yeah steve mason and ray emery oh <clears throat> yuck what a pairing yeah uh, i mean it's nice that both goalies are doing well briere looks smart i mean if he keeps this up if Erson keeps this up briere looks smart now for giving him the two extra years this summer because at the start of the season everybody was like what the fuck did you do you idiot (laughs) (laughs) yeah it turns out he was just rusty (laughs) but uh it's you like last season especially last season um a one a one nothing or a low scoring game was basically like yeah the flyers are going to lose this this year it's not the case they look i mean they're hanging even when they're they're getting like walloped they're in that bend don't break and like yeah it's they're almost broken but they hang in there so I, it's definitely a different look for this team and i'm here for it yeah as am i and i think jeff to uh your your opening statement for this week's episode um, I actually think from everything I've seen on Twitter, usually it's a cesspool of debating uh, where this team currently stands, the identity and the direction. But I think the tides are, are kind of turning with the tank crowd all of a sudden starting to, to uh, back their way Homer Simpson meme into the bushes and come back out as pro flyers i enjoy when my hockey team wins as opposed to purposely lose so i can pretend like the future is going to be better yeah, i think it was evil gritty who was like it was, he was he's been replying to all of charlie's tweets and he's like if the flyers win the stanley cup this year it's going to ruin the tank <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you know when evil gritty is um purposely uh using the tank as a shtick uh <laughs> then the tank is no longer it's not a thing anymore no and a lot so, of oh go ahead have either of your expectations changed on this season yet no i i still think because uh, i said at the beginning that i didn't want them to be a tank they're from an organization standpoint with all the people that they've had like changes with jonesy briere everything they don't want to be like they won't lose on purpose, a.k.a. I think that they still will be kind of like a bubble team right now. I think they're a little bit above that. I mean, who knows what happens? Um, there's still a lot of hockey to be played. Uh, injuries can always take place um, and we don't really have that much depth. We can get to that during my one minute and AHL talk segment. Um, but. Uh, I think that they will find a way into the playoffs and then they'll probably have maybe like a tight series. Like they might surprise some people if they typically when uh, somebody just sneaks in, they ultimately have to play one of the higher seeds. We've seen historically year in and year out the past what feels like a decade, the teams or at least in this new playoff format, the teams at the higher seeds and usually end up getting upset because they're they've been working so hard. Uh, to get all those wins throughout the regular season. They might be a little gassed. Um, overall, I think that they can maybe make some noise. I don't think that they'll make a deep playoff run. It'll be good experience for a team that has a lot of youth who's being developed under the best development coach in NHL history, John Tortorella. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I, I think that they're right on line with what I wanted. I do think that they're surpassing expectations right now, but it is still a little bit early. We'll see what happens. 
Yeah, I had no expectations, so this is all just a bonus for me. Um, going into the off season, like I did, or going into this season from the off season, I didn't really know what to expect because the messaging was very clear that like, guys, it's gonna be rough. <laughs> we can't hide it anymore. That last regime, they really <laughs> fucked things up, and now we're here to clear it up. I did want to show you this though. This is from Saturday night's game in the locker room, getting back to the new era of pandering. Guess who went down and said hi to the players after the win against the Red Wings? That's Danny boy, Dan Hilferty. Then because I clicked in the over here, it didn't work when I hit the right. Bummer. And then there's Keith Jones. You can only see his back, but that's he's bumping with with uh, with Coots. And then there's Dan Hilferty again with Ristolainen. So the pandering's back, guys. We're here. We're bringing back the 70s, a new era of old orange, a new orange of old Christine. Flyers are here, baby. Let's play some hockey. I love it. I don't like, see a problem with this. Yeah. How, how can you not? How, and then, how can you spin zone this? And then just for Joe, uh, I, believe, I believe that's Nick Delorier opening up his Zinn packets. So. Hell yeah. What a, what a dude. <laughs> what a fucking ripper that guy is. Zinn for win. So not Stand. only, yeah, Zins for wins. They put them all on their lips and see who passes out first. Just throws out. Oh yeah. Well, what the what the real what the real hockey bros do is they they take an entire tin of Zin and they shove a packet in between each of your toes, lace them up, go out half a shelf. Great game. Now, I can't tell if that's a joke. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a dead <laughs> because it sounds like something that could be true. Like, oh man, I'm in a huge slump. What are you gonna do? Well, put the zins in your feet, idiot. <laughs> well, yeah, because your your feet actually like the way that like the pores work, um, and how like your blood flow ultimately goes when you're sweating down there. Like your pores can actually bring in all that nicotine straight to your blood system, just like your gums can. So, uh, yeah, you get a pretty mean buzz there while you're on the ice with the boys. It sounds so like if you. That- you're saying that everybody's getting fucking zooted on the ice. Yeah, it's quite it's quite possible. <laughs> the boys are buzzing. Sounds like if you're not putting zins between your piggies, you're a you shoe idiot. So... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's another week another week of Flyers hockey where they get most of the points that were available in that week. Uh, the team looks good. They're coming off of a shootout win and then a one nothing win. Uh, Doyle, uh, what kind of shootout win? Uh, oh God! Where did the sound clip go? <laughs> the Flyers clinched it. They clinched it, baby. No, just if I'm asking you a question, it's most likely to play a sound clip. Honestly, um, fart dungeon. Never answer you again. But uh, the team is the team's getting points. It's rolling along. It doesn't like, and it's not. Maybe it's unsustainable, but they're doing this without like any real. There's not like one person carrying the load. Like, yeah, you can maybe say like Sam Erson's paying out of his mind or like, but nobody's like a superstar status right now on this team that if they fell off, you'd be like, well, we're screwed. Like when it was only Claude Giroux's line and Claude Giroux would be like, I'm not playing tonight, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the only thing I can point to because the product on the ice, I'm happy with. It's not always the prettiest, but they get the job done. Um, I think the one thing you might be able to point to, at least in the past, like what feels like a month at, at this point, has been the competition. Like they really haven't played many like really good teams. Um, and when they did play really good teams a couple weeks ago, I would say honestly, the Red Wings are not they're not a terrible team. So um, it was good to see that performance. They obviously also had that win against the avalanche um, as well uh, a week or so ago, but then previously before that, like they lost to the devils in overtime who the devils are kind of up there. They have, they're dealing with some injuries, the hurricanes, they got blown out by the Rangers. They got blown out by. Um, So some of this competition that they've seen again, in the past like month when when they do face a top tier team they they haven't looked the best but um i don't know you you work with the schedule you have they also too something i noticed when was the last back-to-back that they've had 
Hmm. Um, Good question. Was that Kings? Uh, let's see. Ducks Kings, Ducks, November tenth and eleventh. Yeah, so it's been over a month since their last back-to-back. I feel like that's a rarity for us. Yeah, uh, that doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, so they've been blessed by the scheduling gods. Um, this there season. is one coming up, though, Jeff. They're playing a lot of the same teams, or uh, back-to-back. Sorry, Joe. It's like, so the back-to-back that's coming up this week is on Thursday and Friday, and they're playing the Preds and Red Wings again. Yeah. Strange. I think they said they changed something about the seasons this year because they. I think they said they they are only playing the Capitals like three times this season, and I feel like they did that more. So I think they changed how teams play. But looking at the Metropolitan Division standings, um, the teams in terms of games played finally caught up to the Flyers. So the Flyers have thirty games played. The Islanders and Hurricanes also have thirty games played. Rangers are at twenty nine. Um, Devils are at twenty eight. There's your that's your real competition well the capitals are 27 so like everybody's caught up for a while there the flyers were like four games ahead of everybody in games played so it kind of skewed the standings because like there was this phantom you know eight or ten points that was possible but i mean looking at it the red wings were fourth in the atlantic division they have 34 points so like flyers get two out of a game with them that's pretty good yeah like yeah i mean evenly matched Again, I'm happy with the product on the ice. If you, I, if I were to find one loophole where I could like start scratching my head to say like, is this real? That's the only thing I can probably bring up is the schedule at this point. We're well, yeah. two weeks before Christmas. I think we kind of know what this team is capable of, um, and that is they can they can hang with pretty much anybody. Um, so I'll, I'll be curious to see some of the games that they have. Um, against like teams like the Rangers again, uh, the Bruins if they play the Maple Leafs at all, um, Stars, yeah, and see how those go. But overall, I'll take them beating more teams in the league than less teams, um, regardless of schedule. Now, another thing that makes you question their staying power is the power play percentage. <laughs> The power play is still bad. It's operating at 10.5%. I think they've gone down from fifth worst in the league to fourth worst in the league. Uh-oh. Uh, Rocky Thompson apparently has no concerns about his job security. But again, I feel like somebody needs to take a look and be like, guy, what are you doing? Tried to blame it on Tortorella switching lines up too much. But like, at a certain point, just kind of kind of be like, listen, what we're doing isn't working. We have to... Try something else. And that something else is bring in Craig Berube. Oh, yes, chief. I was about to say. Removed from the Blues unceremoniously. Not to get off track here, but did you see Jordan Cairo cry? I did. So when I first read his tweet, or when I first read his answer, basically they, the Blues fans think Cairo got Berube fired, for anybody not aware of what happened. Um, and then the Blues reporters asked Jordan Cairo what he thought about Craig Ruby being fired. And his answer was like, I don't have a comment. He's not my coach anymore. And I read that as like, I'm a dick. But apparently he was just saying that because he didn't want to make a comment. And then in the post game, they were all like, how does it feel making Craig Ruby get fired? And then he just started crying. Well, no, it's because he was getting booed on the ice every time he touched the puck. <laughs> But I felt really bad once I saw that because I was like, oh, that first one wasn't like him being an ass. He just didn't want to say anything. Well, yeah, that's what he said. He was like, I wasn't trying to like say that to be like mean or whatever about Craig Brubies. Like I just he got fired and, you know, I'm trying to like move on and like think about my future. And that's why I said what I said. And then he got like booed the entire game that he like every time he touched the puck. And I guess that's when he started getting emotional. Yeah. So you bring in Craig Ruby, you fix the fourth worst power play in the league. Now on the flip side, Flyers penalty kill, fourth best in the league. Hello. Operating at eighty six point five percent. The Bruins, Golden Knights, and Kings are in front of them, and two of those teams are, I think, are much better on paper and overall. I question the Kings, but whatever, man. Uh, the Kings so, are pretty good. So clearly the the PK coach is doing his job. 
now it's just down to Rocky Thompson to figure out what's going on, you know? I think the, the PK coach, who is the PK coach? Uh, For the Flyers? Patrick yeah. Sharp. Uh, Bradshaw. Then Bradshaw. Oh, okay. I think he gets a little bit of a, I don't know, his job might be a little bit easier in my opinion, and I say that because Tortorella is the head coach, and his system I think is much more appropriate for a positive penalty kill as opposed to a dynamic offensive powerhouse of a power play. But wouldn't penalty well, I mean, kill? We kind of talked about it last week, though, with the power plays. Like, you can only do so much when you only have like two people that are really puck distributors. Yeah, wouldn't yeah. penalty killing be harder with worse players? Because you're down a man. Like the power play, you should have an easier time because you have one extra person, and yet the Flyers still can't seem to figure out what to do with the advantage. Yeah, I mean, I think to Doyle's point, like what we talked about last week is because we don't have uh, a true like playmaker. Um, the the penalty kill, though, I think they they just clog lanes. It really doesn't matter yeah. talent on the ice. Like any NHL guy can go where he's told to go and like read a a power play offense. Um, they just clog lanes and someone's flying the zone, so they have an outlet. Yeah. Bradshaw's going to get hired somewhere else. The penalty kill is going to go to shit next year, and you're going to regret that. I'll mark this down. <laughs> Not if they remember everything they learned this year, Jeff. <laughs> They're going to immediately forget it. Not if they hire Craig Berube to fix the penalty kill. Do you think that he would take a assistant coach role? I mean... Apparently, him and Jonesy are like best friends. So, if they really wanted to bring him into the Flyers again, I'm sure he'd come back. Do like yeah. a half of the season thing, right? Didn't they hire somebody for like half of a season to be a coach, an assistant coach, when they fired Lafayette? Um, well, I know they did that with initially, they did that with what's his face, uh, who was like one of the defense coaches. I think that's who I was talking thinking of. But him and he was the guy that Shane Gosses Bear apparently didn't get along with. Ah, Shane Gosses Bear, of course, on the Red Wings and took the penalty to end the game for the Red Wings Saturday night, uh, tripping and escaping flyer who was going to score an open net. So fuck off, yeah, Shane. Should have kept. Hate you, Shane. Although they did blast his uh, <laughs> stats, one of the where they showed him on the bench, and uh, he has like. I think close to 20 points this season would be helpful yeah, for he, sure. He has like 20 something, I think like 21 or 22 points in 28 games. Yeah. Would be helpful. It would make trading wrist line at the deadline easier, but the flyers aren't going to trade anybody cause they're gunning for a playoff position. <laughs> you remember that? Uh, I'll never forget. Like I kind of hate gossip spear. Now used to be one of my favorite flyers uh, at the time, especially when he was on the phantoms and like, there was kind of this mystique about like, Oh, there's this guy in the ahl they call him the ghost the ghost bear like he's gonna come up and fix the flyers gonna be uh, one of the best defensemen we've ever seen uh he's doing doing offense on defense and it's crazy um but that yeah. run that he had when he did get called up where Dude, he yeah his run, rookie season was yeah i think that was what so uh, 14 15 um and he he almost broke I don't know if he actually ended up doing it, but he almost broke like the NHL record for points, like a point streak. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it was yeah something crazy, and that was I think that was 2015, 16. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we had heard about him when we started doing the Broad Street Bully podcast, and then he really came to fruition. Now though, yeah, it turns out Mark Strike got <laughs> yeah, his dick his plate dick exploded. Plate. Yeah, it turns out the only thing Ghost is ghosting now is defensive responsibility. So, you know, enjoy Detroit and cold winners and Caesar's pizza. Uh, uh, so last week they announced, uh, is anybody going to the stadium series game? Joe, no, I know you asked. I do not know. No, I uh, can't bring myself to drive to North Jersey to sit in the cold and barely watch a hockey game. I can't see. I got to get good seats. That's why that doesn't matter. You're still too far. You do what Joe did at the, uh, the, uh, well, we're the stadium series against the penguins and get club box. Seats. We're doing that for yeah. WrestleMania. So I just hope you're 
you'll get my Venmo request for money. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, the I, podcast I, outing together. Yeah, it's a business expense technically, so we're just going to tax deduct it. There we go. I yeah. like that. We're Make already operating in the negative for income, so why don't we just pile on? The yeah. only wrestling show that I've ever seen live uh, were were used to be there was like a travel like group that came through the local VFW um, uh, every so often, and it was just it was one of the best best Friday nights of my life. You got like dollar beers, uh, dollar shots, and uh, it was just a rowdy crowd in the middle of Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Every so often, the TLA will do. Um, this is the phrase of the actual wrestling promotion, not me saying it. Extreme midget wrestling. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so if you ever get the chance to go see little people wrestle at the TLA, I would highly suggest it. It is amazing. Yeah. And if you ever get a chance to go to a stadium series game, please do, because it is a fucking awesome time. I love an outdoor hockey game. The vibe is just so much different. Um, and a really cool experience overall. I've been to multiple Flyers ones in my lifetime. Um, I was trying to make it like kind of a thing where I would just always go um, as long as they were within a certain range of travel and sounded appropriate. However, I do kind of agree with Jeff. Um, the Meadowlands is a dump. Uh, you can't really tailgate up there. Um, it stinks to high heaven because it's basically built on a swamp. Um, it's, it's just a, a miserable, miserable venue. One of the worst in the country by, by far. Um, and then once Jeff to what I'm sure you're going to get into shortly here, uh, they announced who will be the band for this stadium series that really solidified my, my stance on, well, I'm definitely not spending the money driving two hours to sit in a shitty stadium in the cold to hear this, uh, make my ears bleed. Yeah, like they rebuilt whatever. I don't know what the new place is called now. Is it still the Meadowlands? It doesn't matter. No one cares. Life. Uh, it still stinks. And then, yeah. so I was, you know, you're like thinking about it. You're like, it could be fun. It might not be so bad. But I remember we went to the stadium series game against the Penguins, and it was like some band was playing, and, and we were like, who the fuck is this band? Like, why do I care? And it was completely disinterested. I had to go stand in line for 40 minutes to take a piss. So the NHL is like, Get on board, everybody. We're doing stadium series music announcements on Good Morning America. We're going to blow your dicks off. With who's playing music? Uh, Flyers, Devils. And you're like, oh, man, who could it be? Is it going to be someone good? Did they get to the surviving members of Rush? Or what about, uh, you know, another great Canadian rock band, Nickelback? No. They make the announcement. It's the most underwhelming thing I've ever seen. The Jonas Brothers. What? Well, yeah, that's... I mean, I don't know. I feel like halftime acts usually um, aren't good. Aren't for yes. the people aren't for the people that are going to see the game. It's for the the people that are just interested in the entertainment. They Correct. were like the jo- Jonas Brothers are from New Jersey. This game is in New Jersey. It makes I think sense. Keith Urban did our game, Jeff. Oh well, I yeah. Think- Keith Stinkman because he stinks. I think- they ultimately also tracked because tickets for this game like opened up like months ago and they might have been tracking to see how filled this stadium is actually getting when you think about it there's like no devils fans i refuse to believe that they're actual people yeah it's like that that team it's like two new jersey counties if you're from north jersey you root for the rangers or the islanders if you're from south jersey you root for the flyers so I just don't know where Devils fans come from. Um, So that's like a very small portion of the stadium if there are any Devils fans. Then you're relying on Flyers fans like us to have to want to spend the money to drive two hours to go to a place that you can't really tailgate, and it stinks, and it's cold. It Um, literally stinks. (laughs) Yes, literally. Like, I'm not using that. And figuratively, but Um, also literally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But... So if ticket sales are really low, then they're like, shit, these fan bases, there are, there are, there is no devil's fan base. And then the Flyers fans are not eating up tickets like we thought they would. Um, So we might have to get in somebody who is not like an NHL 
fans typical kind of vibe um even though that seems to be the case every year with these stadium series halftime shows um so they ultimately went they're like okay young girls new york city it's right there how do we get the young girls to come into new york city you get the jonas brothers no yeah i pretty much agree with all of this i don't like it also the devils have like two counties worth of fans it's like mercer county and the one next to it um my parents live in ocean county mystic island tuckerton area uh and you like it's rangers games only they have like they have madison square garden plus whatever channel mm-hmm. so oh, like yeah. the devils don't even extend to the ocean in their own state yeah that's that's what i mean like it's i don't know where they come from like their team placement makes zero sense it's literally just newark yeah it's like mercer county and then i don't know where newark is in like the county structure but like they made it so you can take nj transit to that stop get off walk to the stadium which is like one block because newark otherwise is like a terrifying den of horrors yeah so. yeah it's like and the cops be. just line the streets and they're like don't turn off this road yeah <laughs> yeah it's like going to a, a concert at like the susquehanna bank center or whatever it's called now in camden oh that game's gonna be so long too i will say the jonas brothers uh decision for all the reasons that I mentioned is working because not only did my fiance who does not really care about sports and her sisters all text immediately the way that I found out about the Jonas brothers being the halftime show was they texted our like family group chat that we have saying, Oh, we should all get like a, we should get a club box. Like let's go to this flyers game. That's two hours away. Like I'm like, no, well now I'm definitely not. You want to go like that means I should not be going. Um, I have to drag you to sporting events. You should not want to go to one. If you do, I know that there's something up. She's got a Joner boner. <laughs> did you, uh, speaking of the NHL getting in its own way, did you see they announced they changed the all-star skills competition? No. Uh, so the all-star skills competition, of course, taking place in Toronto this year, a revamped format for the NHL all-star skills competition will feature 12 all-stars competing for competing for points in eight events with the NHL all-star who accumulates the most points taking home a prize of 1 million United States dollars. Of course, $5 Canadian, um, each player will compete in four of the first six events. Um, and it's all the normal events you would see fastest skater, hardest shot, stick handling, one timers, challenge and shooting. And then based on how many points you get, you go on to shootout and then you go on to obstacle course. I guess they're trying to ramp up the skills competition because I don't know if you watched the last couple years, uh, I have DVR'd them because you need to DVR them because it goes from eight to 10 o'clock and there's four actual minutes of skills competitioning in an hour and 56 minutes of useless talking ads. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's you're like a, fast forwarding through everything like... to see one save and you're like, Oh cool. It's over. You could probably copy and paste this, uh, <laughs> this rule change um, or the breakdown of what this competition is. You probably could have done this in years past as well, but if you just copy and pasted this and then you like uh, search dog show, competition layout it's probably the same dog show (laughs) so they're trying to make the all-star game more fun we'll see uh still waiting to hear back if our press application for all-star weekend got approved i've heard a lot of good news about toronto in their strip clubs so now that is a podcast trip worth making (laughs) if i get to toronto i will do a scathing expose uh all right. I think we did all the games. I think we did all the Flyers news. I think we need to end this week with a couple of our new standard uh, skits and one uh, that's uh, brand new, and that's... Coming in live with a bold prediction. So our bold <laughs> predictions this week were all wrong. We're all 0 for 1. Doyle, you said Brink would have a three-point game. You were actually the closest. Uh Joe, you said Sandheim would be minus three for the week. He was minus one before he had diarrhea poisoning. 
And then I guessed Hart would get a shutout. Uh, we got a shutout. It's just not the right goalie because our goalie also had diarrhea poisoning. So we are all 0 for 1 on our bold predictions of the week. Um, so do we want to do bold predictions again or do we want to retire this as a pack of losers? <laughs> no, we have to do it again. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, like, I might not go as bold <laughs> as, as I did previously. Um but all right, I then uh, more than happy make a prediction for the week ahead. All right, then uh, then let's go. What's uh, your bold prediction for the upcoming week in Flyers hockey? Doyle, um, I my I'm going to say that Cam Atkinson scores two goals this week. That's a bold, uh, bold prediction indeed. Cam Atkinson doesn't look like he's been doing anything. Yeah, he's been all. a big goal drought. Been real well, snake bitten. He, he's at least made, made his rounds with the media because he came out and had a nice quote that Flyers Twitter kind of took and ran with for a bit, um, saying that I. He said that he's never played with a group like this in his oh entire career. Um, like this is a special group. The vibes have never been. Uh, anything that he's seen before yeah i saw that quote too and i feel like it just made me think of when av was like this is a special team and everyone loves each other but what we didn't know was that everybody actually hated each other (laughs) i feel like that quote has been like rinse repeat for the last like 10 years yeah Yeah. and like twitter starting to pick up on it too because like some of the people were like love to see it teams that play together stay together whatever dumb shit they saw at a hobby lobby and then other people were like, this comes out every year. Kevin Hayes was like, this is the best, most tight-knit locker room. Unless somebody asked him to play defense. And he was like, you go fuck right off. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very easy like uh, career quote because if you're not necessarily lighting lamp uh, or blowing up the stat sheet in any capacity, um, you at least have to prove your worth as like a locker room guy. Uh, and be able to add that to your resume for people to look back on should a trade value come up or you need to sign somewhere else later down the road. Um, so with Cam Atkinson not necessarily being the spiciest of sorts uh, in recent weeks or this season to uh, overall, then if he's going to be a glue guy in the locker room, I'm not surprised his PR team would want him to promote that. Huffing and puffing like a glue guy. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, your bold prediction of the week. Now, you guys let me know if this isn't like it, it, I said that I wasn't going to go as bold oh, as to say three games somebody was going to be minus three, but let me know if this is like not even in the realm of uh, bold or um, maybe just no seasoning in any capacity. Um, but I think the Flyers are going to go two and one this week. And if you want me to be a little bit more bold with that take, I'll give you the exact games I think that they're going to win and lose. Okay. I like I like that. That's bold okay. and zesty like Doritos. Great. Um, I think they beat the Devils on Tuesday. Um, they lost their last game in overtime to the Devils. I think they want a little bit of revenge there. Um, they lo- Similarly, they lost their last game to the Predators in overtime. They play the Predators on Thursday at home. I think they win that game. Uh, and then they play uh, in the back-to-back um friday their first back-to-back in like a month and a half at that point um against the red wings on the road we took a one nothing win against the red wings uh last night i think they ultimately fall to the red wings uh so they will go two and one uh it's a week of opposites uh recency bias just take whoever they lost to previously it's a win whoever they beat it's a loss pizza pizza it's the red wings chant sponsored by little caesars all right i feel like that's a good bold prediction i wrote down your which teams win as well so we'll track that you're just digging yourself further into that zero and two hole though that's fine. <laughs> uh, my bold prediction there's a lot of good ones i could go with here there's a lot of players i could pick i think i'm gonna go with perennial loser morgan frost has three goals not a hat trick i'm saying like across the three games he picks up three goals okay so i think uh he's his stats i don't really understand they keep posting bar graphs with varying colors of blue 
and apparently the darker blue is better and Morgan Frost has a lot of dark blue. So I feel like it's got to come to fruition eventually. And I think fruition is this week. Didn't you say earlier when we were talking about the sharks analytics that blue was bad? I have no idea. It's different. Well, different charts. Heat maps, blue is terrible. Mm. You're such a nerd. (laughs) I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) All right. So those are our bold predictions. Coming in live with a bold prediction. Now, uh, has anybody seen a movie? Your mic is like cutting, like we can't hear you. Oh boy. Can you hear oh. me now? Yes. Yes. Oh, good. Maybe it was just my internet. Has anybody seen a movie? Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet or not, so you're going to have to tell me. Watches movies and then rates them. <laughs> have I brought up the Fall of the House of Usher before? Uh, no, but I also watched that show. Yes, so watch that. Uh, if you're into Edgar Allan Poe, um, you would enjoy it. Yes. And it's also a part of the same like group of directors and actors that were in um, Haunting of Hill, uh, House. Hill House. Yes, and Bly Manor which I still haven't watched. I haven't watched Blind Manor either. I heard it was bad. The Fall of the House yeah, of Usher no. was good. There were a lot of, um, if you've read a lot of Poe, then there's a lot of like subtle references to some of his lesser known stories too. Yes. So I would say, yes, it was pretty good. Um, in Out of 700 uh, people, you got drunk and then buried behind a wall and let die for a month. How many people would you rate it? Um, I'll give it a five ninety nine. That is a lot of dead people buried into walls. So <laughs> you should watch it on Netflix. It's that's that's movie reviews from Doyle. <laughs> All right, and now going down the list, we have <laughs> HL News with Joe. <laughs> yeah, this week in uh, HL hockey, your Lehigh Valley Phantoms uh, went one and two, uh, bringing their overall season record to uh, 511 and 11. I forget how many overtime losses they have, but we'll just keep it right there at 500. Uh, two goals or two players with two goals through those three games uh, Emil Andre had two, and Samu Tuomala had two as well i hope i did not botch samu's last name too bad uh but that's your week in the ahl hl news with joe thanks joe great work and then finally doyle does dining i had a sizzly at wawa and did not diarrhea so i would highly suggest getting them as (laughs) hold on can you play that one again that's my favorite doyle does dining you know the amount of skill it takes to make these sound clips next to zero yeah really zero this is this really this isn't really a marketable skill people are like oh wow you do a lot of sound editing and i'm like yeah in a way hey, you can say that in a way like i put some music and i record some sound over top of it and you get dumb shit like it's time for doyle movie reviews he watches movies and then he talks about them <laughs> The next thing we got to do is get some kind of movie conversation, uh, like record that. And then between the um, Democracy Manifest man. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. And Frank Rizzo. Get away from me. And make them have a conversation. <laughs> There's got to be some sort of AI generation thing that we can do with that. I tried to AI Frank Rizzo and the thing wouldn't let me. And then when they eventually yeah. did, it was just Fred Flintstone. So <laughs> that's what he sounds like. Get away from me. I want to fight you. <laughs> I want to fight you. You're a real crumb bum. All right. Anyway, that's all for this week. If we don't have anything else, I think we can just wrap it up. Nice little bow 
Flyers going the next week. They have some big Metro games. Got to play the Devils, uh, and that's the only game I'm aware of. So if you know any of the rest of them, fill it in here. Uh, otherwise, see you later. Yeah, all right. Well, you know, I forgot them all. I know Joe said them, or you said them, but I forgot them all. So <laughs> that's uh Devils, Reds, Red Wings. Basically a repeat of like what we've seen the past like three days. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> One thing we do have is balls. See you later. On behalf of all of us here at Meat Potatoes. Good fight. Good night.